But when you look at the coronavirus and studying it, it's a respiratory issue. I knew that if, if this comes to Indigenous First Nations, we're going to be in a heap of trouble. One of the things that I mentioned to my staff and to council is that, you know, I'd rather be sitting here prepared than sitting here unprepared and then we start panicking. That was Chief Todd Pegan of the Pasco First Nations Treaty 4 Territory, and this is the Akamemuk Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Belgard, National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Welcome to the Akamemuk Podcast. Akamemuk is Cree for you all persevere. In other words, keep going and don't give up. So on this podcast, we'll discuss the leading issues facing First Nations peoples with top experts, elders, and community leaders. And right now, the leading issue is the COVID-19 pandemic and what can and is being done to minimize its impact on First Nations people and in First Nations territories. Our guest today is Chief Todd Pegan of the Pasco First Nations of Treaty 4 Territory in Southern Saskatchewan. Way back in January, long before most people had even heard of this coronavirus, Chief Pegan was preparing for the worst. Even before Canada had its first case of COVID-19, he'd put in bulk orders of critically needed supplies for Pasqua First Nation to make sure that they could ride this out as safely as possible. Chief Pegan joins us now from his office at the Pasqua First Nation, all the way from Treaty 4 Territory. Dancy Chief Pegan. Well, good morning, National Chief. How are you doing this morning? Really well. Thanks so much for joining us uh, on Akamemuk Podcast. I wanted to ask you a few questions. And the first one I wanted to ask you is, what got you interested in the coronavirus way back in early January? Well, it was Christmas holidays when we, we first started. It was at home during the holidays. And I started reading about what's been happening in China. And it, it takes me back to uh, 03 and 09 in regards to uh, SARS and H1N1. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you recall, those World Health Organization pandemics uh, were not what they, they panned out to be. Unfortunately, you had people that passed away, uh, but it wasn't widespread uh, throughout the the, uh, the countries. But when you look at the coronavirus and studying it, it's a respiratory issue and, and it really mm-hmm. attacks uh, the respiratory system. Our First Nations, and we're still battling it today, is the respiratory disease called tuberculosis. And uh, I knew that if, if this comes to Indigenous First Nations, we're going to be in a heap of trouble because of our current uh, uh, respiratory sicknesses that we had in the past and how are we going to get through this whole process. And saying that, when our, all our First Nations offices opened, I went to, uh, uh, I sent an email to our uh, Files Cabal Tribal Council and, uh, and asked about, uh, you know, how are we getting ready for this? And uh, I was told that uh, the risk to Canada was low. And the risk to Saskatchewan is even lower. Uh, put that all aside, is my own view was that no, uh, this is going to be something serious that we have to get prepared for. So uh, uh, we set out in Pasqua uh, getting prepared for it. And it took some convincing to even my council because uh, they start following it and uh, uh, didn't really feel that it was going to be a, a major impact. Uh, so uh, Maybe I used too much of authority uh, because uh, I forced it uh, onto the council, onto my staff. Um, even my staff were, were hesitant on ordering, you know, large bulk quantities 
because maybe they thought I was crazy or not. But uh, uh, one of the things that I mentioned to my staff and to council is that, uh, you know, I'd rather be sitting here being prepared than sitting here unprepared and then we start panicking. And uh, that's why back in uh, January, you know, we started making arrangements. We have two big sea cans here for storage. Our First Nations Hall is, uh, uh, it's about 100 feet long. Uh, it, it's storing right now about $200,000 worth of groceries. Uh, last week, uh, we sent out uh, 217 hmm. food hampers to all our homes on our First Nation. And those food hampers were developed for the size of the family. Uh, a family of eight got a huge hamper compared to a family of three. So we did that last week and we're ready. Tell me, tell us about that bulk supply order you made back in January. What all did you order and uh, what was your action to that move from some of your people in the community? I didn't get approval to, to order a lot of the, the goods, more specifically the personal protection equipment. Uh, because I made an inquiry on the personal protection equipment and uh, they made it sound like we're going to get all this equipment. And after further research, that personal protection equipment, the PPE, was only for Canada's frontline workers on the First Nation, basically a community health nurse. Mm -hmm. So uh, knock on wood for Amazon. I went on Amazon, ordered uh, sanitizers, uh, uh, N95 masks, surgical masks, shields, and um, used my own personal credit card mm -hmm. and ordered uh, uh, thousands and thousands of, of masks and uh, sanitizers. And uh, uh, I finally get reimbursed after everything hit. Mm -hmm. So now they realize it was a, a justifiable cost. So uh, my First Nation reimburses me on that. And I continue doing that with my, 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 my card. Our food, we uh, ordered uh, from, uh, we have our store and uh, they have a supplier so we use that supplier and then also we phoned head office of co-op and head office of iga and uh, iga was willing to help us out so we started doing uh, bulk order from iga and pratt's distributors for for groceries so we had semis coming in here with groceries well that's pretty proactive way back in january you have two big uh uh, storage containers by the band office. You have your band store. You're supplying food for your people. You you took your own personal credit card and ordered C95 masks, shields, sanitizers, gloves. Right now, in terms of Pasqua, how are you coping with all the stress from COVID-19? And uh, what are some of the biggest challenges going forward? The biggest challenge right now is, is cabin fever. People want to get out. They want to go and socialize. And we're uh, letting them know to, to hunker down. Uh, if they want to go out, you know, uh, because your family's at home, uh, you could go out as a family, go for a walk. Uh, but th the social distancing has to be maintained. So that's what we're distressing to all our people. Uh, what I would like to do is I would like to uh, amass 900 testing kits mm -hmm. and test all my people on Pasqua. Everyone that's out here and secure all our entrances. No one comes or goes. Once I get all the test results back and they're all being negative, then our entrances would remain closed. So then we would know who comes and goes and who's not allowed to come and go. Uh, in doing that, then I could open up my school mm -hmm. and get our kids back to school, uh, have uh, surgical masks uh, for each of our children to attend school, all our teachers, the sanitation, all the precautions that need to be done. And that, that's what I would like to do. 
And uh, uh, when I relayed that to my uh, my team, um, there were some upset people because they said, well, my family is off the reserve. You know, I want to go and visit them. I said, yes, but I got to look at the greater good of everyone. Uh, that's what I would like to do. Mm. You look at the countries today, they're looking at Taiwan. When the first case in China was, was declared, Taiwan closed their entries down. All the kids go to school. They all wear surgical masks. All the, 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 the businesses are still open. They wear surgical masks. Uh, they now have cubicles in the classrooms around the desks, around the workstations at work. People, uh, to avoid social gatherings, they use their uh, health cards. And on Monday, health card number from whatever to whatever mm -hmm. uh, are allowed to go shopping. On Tuesday, health card number from and so on and so forth for each day of the week. So people come into a routine when they know they could go shopping and when what days they can't. And uh, if they leave the home, um, they have to have their surgical mask. If not, they, they get fined. And the fines there in Taiwan are swift and, and enforced really hard. And that's what I like to do out here. Yeah, you want to get things back to normal on Pasqua First Nations. So you want to basically test all the people that are out on the reserve making sure that they uh, that they're healthy and then once that's proven you're securing your borders your entry points and then things get back to school everything like that that's 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 amazing going forward i just want to ask a little bit you know in terms of supports you're getting from both levels of government federal and provincial i know um uh, the federal government announced 305 million dollars and out of that amount 215 million was spread out uh, amongst all the 634 first nations across canada 35 million for the ITK, 25 million for MNC, the Métis, and then there's a pot of resources uh, still remaining there for access from other organizations, including Urban First Nations organizations. So that's what the feds um, put out. And then we, of course, at AFN, we're pushing them to always say, look, there's not enough human resources, there's not enough financial resources, especially in the flying community. So we kept advocating and pushing for more. Uh, but from your opinion, as a chief at the First Nation at Pasqua, uh, the supports getting from federal government and our provincial governments. What's happening from your perspective? That's a good question because the Saskatchewan Health Authority, uh, one of the things that uh, we're working on is trying to find the PPE for our First Nations uh, brothers and sisters and other First Nations, their, their leadership. And uh, the Saskatchewan Health Authority is not coordinating anything with uh, the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations. They're not coordinating anything with our tribal councils. They're not coordinating anything with our First Nations. So basically, our First Nations, in, in my view, are, are, left, are left to deal with this alone. Uh, point in hand, mm. Saskatchewan Health Authority did a new policy on who receives the ventilators when needed. And they created a committee. And that committee has created criteria based on your medical history. As I mentioned earlier, our medical history on First Nations is respiratory diseases through tuberculosis. So when it comes down to mm -hmm. the decision on who gets a ventilator, uh, First Nations are going to be at the bottom of the list. In terms of uh, 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 the federal government, is they do a report that say the PPE and, and the national stockpile has been sent out to the workers. But they're missing a per, a, an important point is that it's sent out to the Health Canada's workers, not the First Nation frontline workers. So in doing that, uh, I've been working with uh, a number of the 
different individuals and uh, the Federation of Sovereign Nations and your office, uh, National Chief Belgard, in acquiring mm -hmm. uh, uh, the PPE that we so desperately need on each First Nation, and that's the 74 First Nations in, in Saskatchewan. I found a, a supplier for masks, gowns, gloves, surgical masks, and N95. And uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a big, large order. It, it costs $3.2 million, uh, but now I got Canada waffling on if they're going to pay for it or not. It's sad when I hear uh, on our weekly uh, uh, conference call with Canada that many First Nations are having their workers uh, taking temperatures without any PPE, uh, and they're entering homes without any PPE. They're entering uh, elders' homes without any PPE. Uh, so that's why we need that in order to prevent. And prevention uh, is the, the first step. But if you don't have the tools to prevent, then it's gonna cause this pandemic to worsen in First Nations communities. So that's where uh, both FSIN and the AFN come in to help uh, put pressure on the Crown so that they can have those adequate resources in place to meet the needs. Uh, personal protective equipment is so necessary and on every First Nation because you're going into the elders' homes, you got to use your masks, your gloves, uh, you know, and then once you leave that home, you got to get go into the next home, they got to be replaced. You got to put on new gloves, new masks and everything else. And so there's going to be a huge need, no question. Exactly. So personal protective equipment is, is going to be a huge need. So we really want to acknowledge you and thank you for uh, all you're doing, uh, not only for Pasqua, but you're basically doing for all 74 First Nations throughout Saskatchewan. So that's, that's a positive I'll give you thing. an example. One of the things when we got ready, we mm -hmm. got, uh, we have 5,000, uh, our first order was 5,000 gowns. Uh, we have face shields. Uh, we have our gloves. We have, I believe, something like 30,000 pairs of gloves here. Uh, we have uh, uh, all our surgical masks, our N95 masks. We even have our own uh, 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 respirators that we purchased uh, in case they're needed. And we have a good stock of medical equipment. And when I listen to, again, to the stories of our other First Nations brothers and sisters in Saskatchewan, you know, I knew I had to turn around and say, I got to help out somehow in order to, to help mm -hmm. uh, because they're all our relations and that's what I've been working on. Found it, just need Canada to say, yes, this is required. Well, Chief Pigan, again, um, I want to thank you for all your good work you're doing at Pasqua and for all the other First Nations throughout Saskatchewan. And uh, like we always say, let's, let's be safe, be healthy, practice physical distancing if you have to go out, self-isolate and continue to wash your hands because we want to get through this together we always say and uh, again just want to lift you up and acknowledge you for your good work well i thank you uh national chief belgarn and uh it's not m myself it's just more of the directing and i have a, a number of uh staff that had to readjust their daily routine uh example my mm -hmm. housing staff are now some of them are identified as security some are identified to, to the medical and some are identified to the, the food sourcing um, my medical staff, they have their own clients each and every day that uh, they check on. My education staff, we have our own phones that people could call in, mm -hmm. numbers that uh, for mental health therapy. We have our own mental health therapists on, on staff, and uh, they're receiving calls 
from all our members throughout Canada and helping them uh, get through this crisis. We have our own self-testing site that people could call into Pasqua. We, we identified those numbers on our own Pasqua Facebook page, which is uh, 1,400 plus band members registered on there. And that's where I give my live updates on what we're doing. And it, it's a really good tool to use because people know what, what is happening on Pasqua, what to expect. We're now arranging for uh, PPE, um, more or less uh, the gloves, mm-hmm the sanitary kits and uh, the surgical mask uh, to all our members throughout Canada. And uh, we have almost a thousand homes throughout Canada. So we're, we're putting together uh, each kit for each home and we're mailing them out. That again, being very proactive. Like when you think about Canada and all the cases coming up, like in British Columbia, there was two cases, Alberta, nothing formally reported right now in Saskatchewan. There was five cases Manitoba, nothing. In Ontario, there was 12. In Quebec, there's 27 cases. Nothing in the Atlantic and in the territories, there was 13 cases. So, GP, you make a good point about dealing with on-reserve, but we also have half of our people that live off-reserve. So how are those First Nations people in the in the urban centers getting access to PPE, uh, again, proper housing, food, proper health care services? So that definitely is another ongoing issue. Um, we made a... A call last week, we have we have our AFN executive calls once a week with me and the 10 regional chiefs. And uh, we had Minister Mark Miller on last week, and we had Minister Carolyn Bennett on last week, and the Prime Minister joined us as well. And uh, we keep pushing the crown that the most vulnerable people when it comes to COVID-19 are First Nations people because of the social conditions we face, already overcrowded housing, in some cases, lack of access to clean water. And uh, it's very difficult to take this COVID-19 uh, into consideration when there's uh, already a lot of uh, housing and infrastructure needs in First Nations territories. And, and we made the push for, as well, uh, scalable resources that when needs have been identified, that the Crowns have obligations to provide the resources. And uh, and we keyed in as well on the 96 fly-in communities. Uh, and we uh, talked about the needs in a lot of those First Nations territories because uh, they don't have access to hospitals. They have uh, uh, nursing clinics, and there's going to be a surge for more doctors and nurses going forward. And so we're going to continue to keep pushing pressure on the on the governments to make sure that First Nations aren't forgotten, not only from an inherent Aboriginal right, but the treaty right, the Medicine Chest Clause in Treaty 6. In times of pestilence and famine and sickness, the Crown will be there to provide uh, supports to First Nations yep. people. So we're going to keep building on that. that. Uh, Chief Bogart, is that uh, uh, our facility, yep. we own a company called Pro Metal Industries, and uh, that facility is tasked uh, with the COVID-19, with uh, the Government of Canada to uh, triage. They're called the Blue Med uh, Medical Structures. And uh, we're tasked with uh, uh, assembling and getting those out to the northern communities, northern First Nations. Uh, our, our first mm-hmm. role is 15 of them. They're uh, basically mobile hospitals. So uh, Pro Metal Industries has been doing that. Pro Metal Industries, uh, on our behalf, has been uh, searching for the, the PPE. And, uh, you know, I, I commend Canada for doing that portion to try and, 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 and address the far north where it's going to be needed. And we shouldn't have to put money as, as the issue. Uh, I always say there is no dollar value on a life. Right on. Well, again, thanks, uh, Chief Todd Pegan, for... Uh coming on the podcast, Alchemic Podcast, and uh, continue to do all the good work for not only Pasco, but all the First Nations people throughout Saskatchewan and Canada. Thanks so much. And I thank you very much.
That was Chief Todd Pegan of the Pasqua First Nation Treaty 4 Territory in Saskatchewan. Thanks for listening to the Akamemik Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Give us a rating and tell your friends about us on social media. I also want to give a big shout out to the Red Dog Singers for providing the theme music for our podcast. Until next time, I'm Perry Belgard, National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Yeah.